Welcome to Agriculture In-Depth, presented by Sioux Nation in Fort Pierre and by Kimball Livestock Exchange. I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra. My guest today is DeSmet, South Dakota area cattle producer and National Cattlemen's Beef Association President Todd Wilkinson. You'll hear from him after this. Safety in your cattle operation is imperative to not only you, but your cattle as well. From front to back, from tube to chute, AeroQuip cattle chutes go through extensive testing to ensure reliability and safety. With an extremely user-friendly design, you're in for a smooth operation every time. AeroQuip cattle chutes are the safe equipment you can trust every step of the way. That's one benefit, but not all. For more information, see Sioux Nation in Fort Pierce, South Dakota. Wilkinson is hoping to clarify some confusion floating around in cattle country about underwriters for the Livestock Risk Protection Program. He says the main question is, if an underwriter of the LRP program fails, is the producer's contract still valid? The Livestock uh, Risk Protection Program, which is highly used by a lot of producers across the country, and the good news we got is that they are, so that the producer is not at risk there if they hear that... um, because of the rapid drop in the feeder board, I mean, we're off 50 bucks in the last uh, 60 days or so from the January high to the current numbers. That's a, a pretty monumental drop to see that kind of a drop in the feeder board. And it has squeezed a lot of the shorts. Uh, they're not able to get out. And and we just wanted to make sure that our producers were, were not at risk for having their LRP contracts fail. And I want to let your listeners know that we're in good shape there, that the federal government, if there is a a loss sustained by an underwriter and they would file bankruptcy or something, the federal government is still insuring that product. So the producers are not at risk. Is this at all tied in with the lack of a new farm bill and rather an extension of the 2018 farm bill, or is this completely disconnected from that situation? Yeah, it's disconnected from the the farm bill. I mean, it, it's a function of the fact that we've had a rapid run-up in the feed feeder board and the live cattle board. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago I was able to price on the January feeder board for uh, 263, 264. And now because of various market forces, they have dropped that feeder board. Uh, I'm gonna use the January board again as an example. It has dropped so fast, so quickly, particularly like look at yesterday's uh, January feeder close. It was down over six bucks. Last Friday was down hard. Uh, there's a bunch of people that just got caught in those contracts and there wasn't enough liquidity to get them out. You know, for every long, there needs to be a short. And when there isn't, uh, you kind of get a run on the bank, so to speak. So this is just a function of the market. And, you know, the frustrating part for me as a producer is we've got so many computer algorithms dictating what happens rather than uh, the real host on the ground um, when those algorithms say that they need to sell or buy, it, it's pushing it's pushing those boards around, and it puts some real jeopardy out there. And I, I'm just glad to know that our producers 
if the people insuring this on the underlying side that you never see, if one of them fails, our producers are not at risk. Separate, but also helping to manage risk for our producers would be the farm bill. And um, we didn't get a, a new one done this year, which I don't think completely surprised everybody. But we've extended the 2018 bill for another year while things get worked out in D.C. Uh, the view of NCBA and, and you as a cattle producer there, are we glad to see something in place or were we hoping for the new version? Certainly we were hopeful that we were going to get uh, some new programs in the, the next farm bill. I will tell you, though, given the turmoil in Washington, I think every producer out there is is happy that they got an extension rather than having the farm bill lapse. And, and then the chaos that that would cause. So given the alternatives, an extension of the Farm Bill is helpful, uh, but there are a lot of things that need to happen in that new Farm Bill. The frustrating part for the producers out there, I think, is, you know, there was pretty good buy-in in the House side uh, in terms of getting some things done, uh, and it was kind of bar- bipartisan. So they, the Ag Committee was, was working through some issues. But then the, the whole turmoil with the rest of Washington and the House leadership situation kind of put that as a back burner. So I'm grateful that we have an extension. I just hope that Congress doesn't wait until the last minute next year, and we're trying to deal with this again. But, you know, Farm Bill extensions are not a new thing. Uh, I doubt that they're going to go away. And you and I may be well talking about this next year in in September about whether or not we're going to get something done with the Farm Bill. So between the animal rights groups and then those fighting over the nutrition portions of the Farm Bill, which is the vast majority of the Farm Bill, that doesn't really leave a lot of space for actual production agriculture, does it, Todd? And it doesn't. And, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me, well, we should have a standalone Farm Bill. And I, I am of the opinion, and certainly NCBA is of the opinion, if we had a standalone farm bill, we would be at risk because we just don't have the votes. I've never seen the animal rights activists get so involved in the farm bill process. They are really trying to get in there and dictate what the shape of the new farm bill is. And that should be alarming to everybody. When you get a bunch of animal rights organizations that think that they need to weigh in on the farm bill, that tells you that the farm bill was successful in helping producers and they don't they don't want that help anymore and they want to pull that that floor out from underneath you so every producer out there when they see one of those puppy dog commercials on on um, on the TV set about giving 19 bucks a month they should remember that that same organization is trying to do away with their their production agriculture any, anybody that wants to do a standalone farm bill, they got to count how many rural votes there are, and, and there just aren't enough. So we're going to have to deal with, with the nutrition side of it in order to get the urban votes, and that's kind of been the way of the farm bills for a, the last um, a number of them. That Yeah, the farm bill is kind of a misnomer because the vast majority of it doesn't go to go to farmers, but Unfortunately, we're not that big of a part of the population, and for us to ask Congress to adopt something on its own just for farmers, I think puts us at great risk 
So we have to go to the negotiating table and we have to kind of be part of that process. Traceability. Is this related to the country of origin labeling situation or is this a separate? Traceability, you know, we worked really hard with the upcoming Farm Bill trying to get some additional funding for animal disease traceability. And uh, in the preliminary uh, bill that was marked up on the House side, we were successful in getting some language included. You know, that the USDA has, has proposed mandatory animal ID traceability. Um, NCBA is in favor of a voluntary program. But if we're going to deal with something coming down from USDA, the producer shouldn't have to shoulder all the burden of paying for the tags and all the equipment for that. So we were fighting hard to get some money allocated so that so that the tags and some of the, the readers and some of that equipment was not going to be all on the back of, of the cow-calf operator or the livestock barn operator. And we'll see how that comes out over the next year, but we're optimistic that we're going to be able to get some of that in there. You know, why does it matter? It matters because all we have to do is look at what poultry is going through um, and and the the effects of a disease coming through. And, and certainly uh, pork with um, uh, swine uh, fever right off of the Dominican Republic. You know, we, we've got the potential with our southern border being so porous, we have the potential to have foot and mouth disease or other diseases uh, come in and dramatically impact our, our cow herd and the whole beef structure. So we need to have the ability to trace a disease if it if it comes out, identify it, isolate it so it doesn't shut down the system. Cattlemen, when you're looking to buy and sell cattle, look no further than Kimball Livestock Exchange in Kimball, South Dakota. At Kimball Livestock Exchange, you'll find cattlemen working for cattlemen with a sale every Tuesday. If you can't make it to the barn, you can watch the sale live on Cattle USA. Visit KimballLivestockExchange.com to view upcoming sale information. For more sale information or to consign, call the barn at 605-778-6211, Chad at 605-870-0697, or Wade at 605-730-1801. We talk about a lot of topics when we visit Todd, and there's a lot of technical things. There's a lot of detail that goes on, and a lot of our cattle producers out there maybe don't have the time or the resources to keep up on things like that. Is that where membership in organizations like the South Dakota Cattlemen's Association and the National Cattlemen's Beef Association is important with those dues, the support for those groups to go out and help keep an eye on these sort of things? You know, it, 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 is, it is just vital. I mean, there's really no way a producer sitting anywhere in the United States can stay up to date on all of the rapidly changing policy um, issues. And, you know, if if you ask me why I got involved being from South Dakota, why I got involved in NCBA years ago, it was for that very reason. It's the fact that we have a full team in D.C. that is constantly on the hill and keeping us alert to what's going on. Back here in, in South Dakota, I rely on the South Dakota Cattlemen's Association to do the same thing for me as a producer. I can't be in peer during the legislative session every day. I certainly can't be in Washington, D.C. every day. So if you want to just go out there and just expect to go along with the flow and and then 
have your livelihood bounced around like a yo-yo because of some crazy politician? I guess that's your choice. But your other choice is to be involved and be a part of an organization that shapes that policy rather than let the yo-yo bounce all over the place. So I, for one, have decided to put both feet into this. And I really appreciate the fact that I've got two organizations that make a difference for me. With Agriculture In-Depth brought to you by Kimball Livestock Exchange and by Sioux Nation in Fort Pier, I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra.